Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pursuing Greatness Podcast, a place where experts share their wisdom on living well by mastering your health, your wealth, your relationships, and your spirit. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone the best way to support the show is simply to share this episode with your friends and family. Also, if you want to learn more about Mastering Life, go to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you enjoy the episode. We have a very special guest with us today, so grab your pen and paper and enjoy the journey. All right, and we are live. Today we have with us Greg Kilstrom. Greg is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, and speaker that started in marketing and has gotten increasingly more involved in employee experience and workforce development, along with leadership development and organizational culture. Greg has started and sold several companies and most recently founded CareerGig, a platform that connects freelancers with jobs plus health, retirement, and other benefits that have traditionally only been available to full-time employees. Greg, thank you very much for hopping on the show. How are you today? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. To get us started, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, and how you got started down that path in the first place? Sure. So my name is Greg Kilstrom. I'm currently the CEO and co-founder of CareerGig. And um, as you mentioned, we're a platform that um, connects freelancers with opportunities, uh, work opportunities, as well as benefits. And so I started out my career um, in a startup, actually, um, back in the early 2000s. So um, in the, the original internet boom. And um, I was, it was one of those companies you've Never heard of them probably, but you know they they grew really quickly, and then um, myself and and several other of my colleagues were were laid off on the same day. They just kind of ran out of money, and I was I was faced with what do I do? And um, I made the decision to start freelancing myself, and so that was my first real foray into being a freelancer. Um, and then I got busy enough doing that work and I liked the lifestyle and I, I liked the flexibility, but I got so busy with clients that I had to make a tough decision of, do I start turning down work or do I start my own company and grow this and get employees and all that? And so I chose the latter and I started a marketing agency um, around 2003 uh, called Carousel 30 that I then sold uh, about a decade or so later. Um, but, you know, grew that in the age of social media and programmatic advertising and AI and all that, all that stuff kind of, you know, getting growing and, and coming into um, coming into uh, really maturity. Um, when I sold the company, um, I uh, stayed with the, the, com- the agency that bought me uh, that bought the, the company for a little while. Um, we became the largest independent agency in the Washington, D.C. area, which is where I'm based. Um, and I stayed there a little while, and then I decided I wanted to do something a little bit different. And and I'd done marketing for quite a while. I still, you know, it's still fascinating to me. But I got more and more interested in. Um, I was so focused on some of the more superficial elements of things, and you know, let's make a great campaign or brand or all of that. But I, I, I got a little frustrated sometimes when the product itself. Um, had flaws or the the service and the delivery of that was was less than optimal. And so I started seeing opportunities to think about customer experience. And, you know, if the customer has a better experience throughout, they're going to be more likely to buy and buy more often um, and, and refer others. And the deeper I got into that, it started driving me to employee experience and really the workforce and the, and the culture of the organization. Because really at the end of the day, 
if the people delivering that product or service or the people creating new products and services within the company are not happy, are not inspired, are not really aligned with the values of the organization, then you're going to have a problem, whether it's short-term, medium-term, or long-term, or all of the above, you're going to have some issues. There's going to be turnover. There's just going to be lack of productivity. So I got more focused on that. And that really led me down the path to, to career gig, which is we're focused on the uh, temporary contingent 1099, you know, freelancer workforce and matching them with companies that are, you know, whether by choice or by circumstance, um, being forced to rethink how they treat their workforce. And not only from, you know, taking better care of their contractors, because that's a growing part of the workforce, but also can they continue to have W-2 full-time salaried employees when something like COVID can come up and all of a sudden change the dynamic and you need to be a lot more flexible and be able to expand and contract. So we launched Career Gig um, in July of this year. So, you know, at, at this point, um, you know, six weeks ago or so. So we're, you know, we're definitely in in startup mode, but, you know, growing quickly and uh, excited about the, the months ahead. Awesome. Well, I love your story. And it's, uh, it's cool that you guys are just at the beginning of things here. So you're still in the ex- excited phase. Yeah. Um, yeah. Soon. <laughs> when I was, uh, I used to work in corporate and I always had that um, the, the change thing, whereas like the Valley despair and then all the way up. And so, yeah. um, uh, it's exciting, exciting. You guys are at the top of the tip of it. So, uh, you've talked about career gig is focused on freelancers. Um, we're in it's August 26th of 2020. So we're deep in Corona times. Um, so this is kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it's good for anything, but it's, it is kind of an opportunity for freelancers because there is, you know, businesses are looking towards that model uh, to kind of fill in the gaps that um, that they're finding. So if you could give advice to people, you know, there's a lot of people listening and watching who maybe um, were laid off in this uh, in this pandemic and um, they're thinking, you know, what's the next step? What do I do next? Um, and maybe they've heard about uh, starting a career as a freelancer. Um, and, you know, it's not just you can't just do it. There is there is a back end to being a freelancer. There is, uh, you know, systems and processes that you do need to start. So uh, kind of go down that path. What are some good tips for people who are, are uh, thinking about becoming freelancers? Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a great point in that, you know, there are, there are plenty of existing, I mean, actually 36% of the U.S. workforce has already been engaging in some type of freelance or gig work or, or things like that. Pre-COVID, it was estimated to grow to about 50% of the workforce by 2027. So oh, wow. we were already on a path of growth. But with you know the, the financial crisis that we're currently in, there's a lot of people that through no choice of their own are furloughed. I mean, countless people that I know have been furloughed, laid off, or are just looking to make ends meet still. I mean, they might even have a full-time job, but they just need a little extra income because maybe their spouse or partner lost their job or, or something like that. So, um, you know, you're, you're dead on in saying that there are things that you need to consider um, when, you, when you start down this path. And I think one of the big um, traditional barriers to entry to being independent is addressed by career gig, which is the, the safety net, the, you know, the insurance. Like when you have a full-time job, you don't really think about disability and life insurance and health, health benefits and all that. Not everyone gets 100% reimbursement for those things. But a lot of salaried employee, employees and knowledge workers, all of those are our main target audience. 
they come to kind of assume that that's that's the case and and which is a good thing but the downside of that is there's a lot of people actually taking full-time jobs that because they need that stuff. I mean, you know, they've got kids, they've got a spouse or partner they need to take care of. They've got parents they need to take, you know, all of those. It could be any, any number of scenarios. And so they kind of sell themselves short because they take this job saying, you know what, at least this, you know, at least that stuff is taken care of, but they lack the flexibility. I mean, as a freelancer, you can work as little or as much as you want. You can oftentimes work from wherever you want. Um, you know, travel is a bit restricted these days, but that will change back to, you know, back to how it was before. I, I knew plenty of people that would work from a different location every week. That was just their, their MO in life. And so, um, and again, there may just people, childcare issues and all sorts of things that demand flexibility. So I think thinking through some of those, um, some of those issues of how are you going to take care of the rest of your life um, the, the, you know, the work-life balance, how are you going to take the, uh, care of the life part of that? Um, and again, career gig, we've taken a lot of care to, to try to solve that. Um, and, but there's, you know, there's plenty of other things to keep in mind. The other part is, um, how are you going to get work? And so there's, there's a couple different, um, common ways that freelancers and independent contractors do work. And one is you've got like one main customer and you do most, most of your work for them. And so you're not constantly out there hunting um, for work. So, you know, that that's for, for the most part, it's stable. And, and again, you're not worried about where's my next check going to come from. It's you've got one main customer. And then there's those of us, my, I've been in that, in this position before in my life, which worked for 20 different clients and, you know, some days that's amazing and you get to learn a million things. And some days it's just stressful because you're working for 20 different clients and <laughs> they all want something on the same day. But, um, but you know, in those two different scenarios, in, in both cases, you do need to find the, that customer, whether it's finding one that gives you a lot of work or finding 20 that give you a little bit of work here and there. That is another thing you need to consider. Again, there's, um, you know, the marketplace of, of career gig. There's certainly others like that as well. We try to make that easy because you sign up and then you can find opportunities instead of trying to call up all your friends and former colleagues and so on and so forth. Like we make it easier by, you know, here's things that match your skills and your background and all that. And, um, you know, and, and you can find that. So it does, it does make that part easier. Cool. Um, so kind of on that role, what are, I mean, you're, you're deep into the, the freelance world. And so you kind of, you know, you have a little bit more insight than, than the general person. So um, what are the main kind of trends in roles that you're seeing? Like what are the skills that most people are hiring as freelancers? If somebody wanted to be a freelancer, what skills should they pick up? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think the interesting thing here is there's, there are some that are just traditionally, I think things in the technology space like software engineering and all of those have for a very long time for a lot of different reasons have just been the traditional go-to like it's easy enough to, you know, nothing's, nothing's too easy, but it's easy enough to get work as a, as a software engineer, as a contractor, because there's just a lot of work. It's a lot of project-based stuff that has starts and stops and, and all that. But the interesting thing that we're seeing is there's a lot of other areas that are moving into this for, for reasons I, I mentioned earlier, which is just the need to be able to be flexible and for companies to, expand and contract their workforce as needed. So we're seeing a lot of movement in the healthcare space, um, everything from nurses to medical technology and all that, where 
somebody needs a nurse for a shift in, you know, in a, in a hospital in one location for, you know, it could be literally one shift one day, or it could be a week, it could be a month, um, things like that. We're seeing, you know, everything from accounting to, um, you know, the hospitality space is another one, you know, restaurants, hotels, I mean, they've been hit so hard with this. They're not quite ready to get back to business in full, but we see a lot of possibility in, in those areas where, Already, you had a large, um, you know, 1099 contractor workforce, um, but now they need even more flexibility and and things. So, um, you know, even retail, that's another one. And I, I will mention just, you know, on the topic of of COVID, another thing that we're doing to make it easier for those um, those retailers hiring large amounts of people is we're actually um, partnering with a company that allows us to verify that someone's actually tested negative for coronavirus within oh, cool. the last X amount of days. And so um, you can do a self-reported like self-assessment, or you can get your doctor to verify that you've actually tested negatively. And that's, I, I mean, we think that is going to dramatically increase people's ability to get hired, but also just decrease the amount of time and money. And just, I mean, think about it. You're Otherwise, you're calling people and you're, you know, it manually verifying all this stuff. So we're automating that process as well. Very cool. Um, you mentioned something. I mean, you were talking about like retail and um, healthcare, like nurses, for example, um, kind of traveling nurses going from place to place. So there's a lot of different uh, industries that are kind of going in the direction of freelancing. Um and then at the beginning of the show, you were talking about culture and about building a good culture and building a you know a good team. Um, and those two, in my mind, they uh, it's kind of difficult to combine the two. So how do you see, you know, it, as a freelancer, how do they fit into the existing culture of the company if they're only there for a few days? And uh, how, as the company, how do you kind of um, incorporate freelancers into your culture when, you know, obviously culture is something that builds up over time and it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's something that you really do need to be assimilated into versus just, um, you know, stepping in and, and experiencing it. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great question and certainly, um, something that needs more and more work. I mean, I think the, so part of the first part of that is I think we've all been, we've all been involved in this, um, let's say unsolicited social experiment, which is, um, remote work has increased just, you know, uh, a thousand fold and all of that. So, you know, just talking even about full-time, full-time employees and culture, uh, there's some companies that just, they were already doing it and they were ready. They were set up. People knew what they, what was expected of them. There was a, there was an established culture and all that, and they could work from wherever in the world. They could work from home. They could work from the office. It didn't really matter. Those companies have had a relatively easy time navigating this. And I would say those companies are also more probably better suited to um, maintaining culture with a freelance and, and, you know, 1099 workforce. I mean, I think that some of this goes back to my experience and and customer experience, which is, you know, contractors, uh, you know, I guess to go back to the full-time employees, I mean, it's depending on what you read, it takes between like six to nine months to actually acclimate to your new job, right? So with a freelancer, a contractor, I mean, you might get six to nine hours if you're lucky to really have them, you know, acclimate and really understand. So that means a couple of things. I mean, it means your culture and your values need to be really tangible and everybody at the company uh, needs to get it instantly. Uh, the, the upside of that is 
that's also what you need to have good customer experience as well. So if you're teaching the principles for customers that, again, they walk into a store and they don't have time to read your brand guidelines and, and memorize your tagline, they just want a cell phone or a widget or whatever they're, they're going in there to buy. And so um, if you think about that, you know, about your, your value and your culture, your values and your culture in that way, it's similar enough to how you might teach a freelancer that might be in and out within a matter of days or weeks or hours. Um, so I think, I think that at least gives a framework for, you know, those things that are really important to customers can be really important there. And, you know, documentation process, I mean, it's some of this stuff is, it, it sounds kind of boring, but, you know, really documenting and having governance over your culture and measuring your culture, all of those things. I talk about that quite a bit in my book, The Center of Experience. Um, just really turning it into operationalizing culture makes so much difference. And, you know, it, it, it flies in the face of a lot of people that think that, you know, some of those companies that, you know, you know, you know, their culture from, you know, just whether it's Apple or Southwest airlines or whoever it is, like a lot of people, I think, think that just happened by accident, but it actually took a lot of intention to either you know, foster something that was already there or create something um, that wasn't there and, and really, um, you know, make it, make it tangible. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, Hey, Greg, you know, we're already at the 20 minute mark, which means we are, we're flying through it. So I'm going to move us on to the quick question round. It's where I ask you quick questions and you give quick answers and it starts with books. Um, I'm a big bookie. You got books behind you. So I'm sure you've read a book before. So uh, give me two recommendations, one for your favorite business book and one for your favorite book on life wisdom. Yeah. So um, business book. Um, yeah, I've read a lot of stuff recently. I mean, I would say one that's definitely stuck out is um, The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Um, it's just that I've read so many business books and many, many are great, but that was just a slightly different take on um, you know, just what a CEO or really what anybody needs to know about culture and, and, uh, and stuff like that. Um, life wisdom. Wow. Um, I guess I could almost answer the same, the same book because I, I, I guess most of my life is, is, is work these days. So it's probably, you know, I, there, there's a book called flow by an author that I cannot pronounce pronounce it. Like or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought, I thought that was a really good, um, definitely there's some business, you know, ways to interpret that, but it also, um, you know, it, it taught me a few different ways to think about, um, the rest of my life too. Cool. I love it. Uh, next question is habits. Um, habits are the foundation of our life and, uh, without them, we kind of float around. So what are the habits that you feel or actually the single habit that you feel has contributed the most to the success that you see today? Yeah, I think it's the way that I treat my mornings and mm -hmm. I don't um, get up and start checking email right away. I actually take a, a time. I go for a walk in the morning. Um, I exercise. I, you know, just take some time to like take care of myself, get centered. And I do think about what I'm going to do for the day and, and stuff like that. But that actually helps me prioritize and get more done. And I found just I'm so much more not only productive, but I'm just happier doing that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, you're, you're like many of the guests on the show have said that exact thing. And, uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent of morning um, routines as well, especially I like that you said it gets you centered. Cause I feel like it does the same to me. It gets, uh, you know, if I don't do it, I'm just kind of like spraying everywhere and I'm not really going yeah. in one specific direction, but yeah, morning routines are, are great for, uh, for grounding and centering you for sure. Um, which leads us to our next question, which is if you could go back to Greg, who was just starting out at that first startup back in, I think you said the year 2000, um, just go back to him, sit down in his cubicle and give him one piece of advice going forward. What would that piece of advice be? Yeah, I think at that point, I mean, that wasn't, you know, it wasn't my company, but um, I I was I, generally I'm a curious person, I think. But I, the the advice that I would give would be to pay more attention to the business itself. And I mean, that would have helped me, you know, tremendously as I started my company, knowing literally nothing about, you know, anything but advertising and marketing and web design and stuff. But really, you know, asking more questions, I asked plenty of questions. It was a software company. So I asked plenty of questions about software development and that helped me understand technology better. But I I wish I would have um, learned a little bit more about just running a business and operations. And I mean, now I've, I've done that enough to know, at least know enough to be dangerous, but, um, but yeah, that's, I I would say that would have helped me a lot. Cool. I like it. So pay more attention to the business. That's good. Um, so the next one is your favorite quote. Um, so, you know, this one's hard because a lot of people don't have the actual quote in their mind, but if you just remember the idea behind the quote, um, shoot that our way. Yeah, I mean, I think the, uh, I don't know who this can be attributed to, to be honest, but the thing that, that goes through my mind often is just because you can doesn't mean you should. Ah. And it's gotten me, I think, out of probably a lot of trouble in my life. And, you know, again, there's there's lots of hours in the day, but there's only, you know, the time is finite and, and so is focus. And so, you know, just really asking what is the problem that we're trying to solve and is it worth solving and is it the biggest priority? You know, that that, that saying that to myself and, and to others just kind of keeps me keeps me focused sometimes. No, I like that. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. That uh, it, It's a good way to think about, um, I mean, there's so many things that come across our desk and you can go in many directions. Doesn't mean you should do all of them. So I like that. Uh, final question is for the listeners. You've given us some good advice. Um, if there's somebody who wanted to, you know, pick your mind, uh, just reach out and say hi. What would be the best way for them to get in contact? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really um, active on LinkedIn, so I would say, you know, if if somebody listening, please mention this podcast and you know that you heard me here and and just uh, reach out and connect with me. Um, you know, I'm I'm always connecting with new people there. It's I think it's it's the best place for um, for for doing that kind of outreach. Perfect. And I will um, put his, I actually do not have your LinkedIn URL, but I will put his LinkedIn URL in the show notes. I'll get it from him after the show. So if you want to get in contact with Greg, reach out there, click through below and, uh, and say hi. Awesome. Well, Greg, thank you again for hopping on the show. For everybody who's with us today, thank you guys for showing up. We couldn't do this without you. Again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, and share this episode with your friends and family. Other than that, I hope you guys have a good week and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pursuing Greatness podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show and got some actionable advice and insights that you can apply to your own life today. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to support us, the best way to do so would just be to subscribe to the show and share this episode with your friends and your family. 
If you'd like to learn more about how to master your life by mastering your health, wealth, relationships, and spirit, head on over to our website at pursuinggreatnesspodcast.com. With that said, I hope you have an absolutely amazing day. Keep living in integrity with yourself, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.